Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, give us that five-star review. And we talk judging and MMA, so you should learn the criteria. You can find it at abcboxing.com. Dan, I'm glad you uh, mentioned where everyone can find the criteria for, like, the 121st time or something like that, because uh, it seems like a lot of people are still talking about the 10-8 versus 10-9 round from Saturday in round one of Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira, and I don't think they know where to find the criteria. Uh, They definitely don't. It's it's crazy. I can't believe we're still talking about it today. I mean, I get arguments every day, and it's just getting, it's getting exhausting. It is, it is Tuesday. It. I it's love Tuesday. getting into the mud. Yes, you do. That you do. I don't love getting into mud, but honestly, if somebody's, you know, if they're just going to put it out there like they know better, I think we ought to, uh, you know, offer at least a measured response, and I think I did. Correct them. We don't need to go into the details, but nonetheless, uh, I think people just need to understand that there is a lot more to the scoring criteria than you might realize. So I want to stress again, if you need a refresher, look up the criteria at abcboxing.com, please. It's used by every single commission. Every commission, including Texas. But that's enough Texas. I think we're, we're, we're past Texas. We're hopefully not going out of Texas, uh, going down to Texas anytime soon. Especially now, it sounds like uh, Las Vegas is going to be open up uh, a lot more often. So we'll probably yes. be seeing a lot more T-Mobile arena shows, if I'm going to guess. But who knows? New York's opening. Maybe we'll see a New York show. Uh, that would be wonderful. I would be happy to cover that for uh, the New York Post. That would be wonderful. Mm. But uh, obviously, we don't have that going on right now. We've got a fight night ahead of us uh, this weekend and for UFC. We've also got some Bellator action. Uh, we will talk a little bit about both of those in a minute. But before we do, as uh, is the midweek tradition, we've got something else in store. And this one will be a past judgment. Yes, another past judgment. And, uh, and, and of course, the choice centers on one of the headliners. Uh, the headliner for UFC uh, this weekend is Rob Font, taking on Cody Garbrandt with a high-stakes bantamweight matchup. And, uh, yeah, we, we kind of reached into the wealth of the uh, the former champion, Cody Garbrandt. He's back. He looked great his last fight. Uh, yeah, I mean, he looked okay, especially <laughs> when he destroyed... Uh, From the ankles. Oh, my God. Wild. Pedro Munoz. Was it Munoz? No, it wasn't. No, Munoz. no, it was uh, Rafael Sunset, right? Sunset, that's right. Or Rafael. I, I forget if he pronounces the, the, the Rafael or Rafael, even though he's Brazilian. I don't know. One of them. I apologize uh, to Mr. Sunset, who I'm not going to say it right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he knows He knows how to say his name, and I won't spread the lie. But yeah, so so we went back to, uh, really, Gar Cody Garbrandt does not have a lot of decisions on his record, but one in particular he has is, of course, the night he did win the championship from Dominic Cruz, handing Cruz his first bantamweight loss ever, uh, and that was uh, what almost it was about four and a half years ago. I was watching it uh, right here, Dan, at your place. It was a while, was it? Were you here watching it? I was. Wow, I don't yeah. even. I don't even remember us watching ever having one here. Surprise! <laughs> I can do. Yeah, but uh, you know, of course, as is tradition, you know, when we have past judgment, we would like to remind everybody who listens. You know, maybe if there's someone who's listening for the first time, how we do. Uh, the scoring for this one, because it's just a little bit different than the way it works. So why don't you do your spiel? Yep, well, I'll do the spiel. Done this one a million times, too. Mm -hmm. CSJ criteria, basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned twice already, is available at abcboxing.com. 
Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration, but we just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. Alright, let's set it up. Cody Garbrandt versus Dominic Cruz. That's right, and this was the co-headliner of UFC 207 from T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas on December 30th, 2016. The headliner, Dan, because again, we watched that one at your house. We watched it right here, uh, floor down from where we're recording, was Ronda Rousey coming back to uh, try to reclaim her belt from Amanda Nunes, and it didn't really go that well. Didn't go her way. No. No, not at all. She didn't like it. Never really talked to anybody again about it. Sore loser. Sorry. Yeah, we, uh, look, Ronda did amazing things for the sport. She did amazing things for women's MMA. Uh, but, uh, you know, she wasn't perfect and uh, she didn't like that. So she moved on to something else. And, you know, good for her. She's, she's starting a family now. Congratulations to her. Hopefully the kid learns how to win and lose. Well, I would take a bad loser over a bad winner. Um, How about you can just do both with grace? Yeah. Not for me. You know who? You know, so, uh, I mean, she, she has gold. She has medals in the Olympics because she's a bad loser. Yeah, probably, but so. she also didn't get a gold medal. So yeah, but the Olympics are tough. Yeah, I'm just saying. You know, she lost. Losing with grace. You know what's always... you know what's tough? Trying to beat Amanda Nunes. That is very tough. So I would I, say it's uh, it's really really tough. But I, I mean, it doesn't I, happen too often anymore. I totally agree with the you know not shaking your opponent's hand after a fight. I mean, oh, I, you're not required to do that, but like no one I wants mean, to deal with that. And come on. Look, if if Ronda Rousey can handle a loss, she'd still be fighting, or she would have still been fighting, and she probably would have made just as much money. Mm-hmm. But she moved on doing WWE and all that stuff. Anyway, circling back to the fight that we're actually talking about here, Dominic Cruz. He was only thirty-one at this point. You know, it, it, he'd been in the game forever, but he was only thirty-one when he took this fight. Uh, it, it was his second bantamweight title defense of his second championship run, which, of course, he had lost the hundred thirty-five pound strap when he had to give it up because of inactivity, all those injuries he had. Amazing that he was able to come back, win the belt from T.J. Dillashaw in January of the same year, then defended it for the first time against Uriah Faber, uh, ending their trilogy and coming out the victor uh, out of three, two out of three. Uh, in the previous July, he was 22-1, and one, and again, unbeaten at bantamweight coming to this fight. Yeah, he's one of the best. I love watching him fight. Uh, I mean, he's he's an impressive tactician. Uh He's a great explainer of tactics. He's a terrible explainer of anything that has to do with scoring a fight. Um, anything officiating, really? Uh, yeah, really. It's it's almost like he he's living in a like a completely different world. <laughs> he's on his own. Is really impressive to a certain <laughs> degree. Um, and also, it, he's not really a fan of people who drink or smoke. Apparently, yeah. And then you, you shouldn't drink or smoke ever if he's around you, because then he's just gonna blame it on that. Yeah, yeah. For why he loses, uh, probably just make it up. Is but what we're really getting at here, right? Yes. Yeah, we're, that's we're, what I'm thinking here. And and to circle back <laughs> real quick, that's not the type of sore loser I, I I was talking about. I want a sore loser who's going to be like just really mad at the world and and not just pull that craziness like that. Yeah, ab- absurd. Um, we've we've talked about it ad nauseum. We'll probably do it again. Uh, but as far as his challenger for this this uh this fight that we're talking about, Garbrandt, he was only 25, came in at 10 and 0. Uh. Not like the most uh, ideal challenger you would think coming into this one. I don't think people were really anticipating him to be such a big test. But I mean, he got there because he had uh, he had earned three 
KO TKO victories in 2016 before this one. Uh, he'd gotten uh, gotten the better of Augusto Mendez in February. Thomas Almeida in May. Takeya Mizugaki in August. So yeah, he had a lot of momentum, but it was over. You know, not necessarily the top top guys. Uh, anyway, no, no disrespect to Mizugaki or Almeida. They just they weren't really like that best of the best kind of thing. So I think this one probably should have been a finish too. This fight, yeah, that we're gonna be talking about, yeah. All right, we'll get to that one, huh? Uh, the funny thing is, though, Dan, he made his pro debut one year and a day before he fought Dominic Cruz. Wow. He got there very quickly. This is, is very surprising. And, and the fact that now we're five years later, four and a half years later, he's still not even at like that 10-year mark or anything like but that. He's, so, got, uh, he's got a lot of life left. So we're saying is he got he, he did 11 fights in under two years. No. You said one. He made his debut one year. No, four years in a day. Oh, for, oh I thought you said one. Nah, year. No, 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 no. Oh, all right. Never mind. Then I was gonna give him like crazy praise and then bring him down. No, didn't. But work I'm that not way. gonna do that. Didn't work that way. Okay. But hey, he won four fights in a year, and <laughs> in the UFC, that's good. That's I, what you want that year, sure. But <laughs> what what's his record since? How many what have you fights? What you done for me lately? Yeah, anyway, uh, judges for this one, we got Derek Cleary. Jeff Mullen and Tony Weeks, and the referee was uh, Big John McCarthy here. So round one, let's get into it, sir. What's going on? Yeah, round one was a super close round. I think Cruz landed a bit more frequently, and I thought the impact was quite comparable. I thought he had pretty good leg kicks, too. I see a strong case for Garbrandt. I, I just don't think it was as easy a call for Garbrandt as the broadcast made it seem to be. I, I didn't think it was that great of a round where they, they were calling easy round for him. You know what Pretty I thought it so. was? I think it's just, the, I think it's the way he sold it. He sold it with so much swagger, you know? And and I think that distracted from what he was able to, like, actually do or not do, uh, or what Dominic Cruz was doing or not doing. It's, you know, there's a lot, once you start having guys talk about, or start doing that, the commentary uh, narrative kind of really has to go that way. Unless they completely shoot it down. But I think everyone was just wow. It was like, oh, wow, he's looking okay against Dominic Cruz, who's like, well, I guess, you know, yeah. Viewed I, as, the, as the, the guy to beat. I guess because he kept it close. I think that's no really one what else it has. Is. But so. I will say this I, I was torn here. I was really torn in this round, Dan. I, I almost went for Garbrandt, too. But Me, too. I, but I did think that ultimately Cruz was able to, you know, he, he kind of outvolumed him, and I don't think he necessarily caught anything that was. Um, too much, you know, too impactful to be able to sway it the other way as far as immediate impact of the strikes. So I would say ultimately the the more effective striker was was Cruz. Yeah, that pretty much same same reason I have it landed uh, more in the volume, but the impact was pretty much the same. And of course, because we're, we're basically on the fence here as far as where to go, we we you know we picked a side, but nonetheless, close round, definitely a ten nine, definitely. No matter what system you're using, this is a, this is a close round. It's a ten nine. Um, all three judges agreed, of course, that it was a 10 9, uh, although they were split on the winner, just as I can understand they would be, you know. Uh, Mullen and Weeks, they had 10 9 for Cruz, just as you and I did. Uh, Derek Cleary, though, he dissented and gave this one to Garbrandt. Yeah, that's fair. Nothing wrong there. Nothing wrong at all. Good fight. Moving on. <laughs> yes. But round two, Dan. So, uh, this one, another closer round, but I, I think it was just a little easier to pick. Yeah, this just a little. I mean, well, Cruz came comes out. And he's he got the upper hand right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Garbrandt landed a nice left, but immediately Cruz answered and hurt Garbrandt. He kind of completely shut off for like a little bit to gather himself after that. You know, from there on out, it was very close. But you know, Cruz maintained the lead. Nothing that Garbrandt did, I thought, caught up or surpassed Cruz. Thought it was still close, but going with Cruz ten nine. 
Yeah, I I did as well. I think this is not a strong round for him, but it, it's all you know. I kind of want to say close but clear. I, I think it was just a little closer than that, even. Yeah, if close. that makes some sense. Because yeah. I I think I think it's totally viable to go the other way. But I just, as far as if you're comparing round one and round two, I thought round two was more solidly cruised than round one was. Well, yeah, Gar- like I said, Garbrandt got hurt, mm-hmm. and he kind of just chilled out for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that doesn't. It's not a good look. Uh, I don't recall him anything. You know, we already did the rundown, of course, but I don't remember him doing anything uh, in particular that, once again, was kind of more impactful to kind of steal it back. And you know, what what we've actually seen in these first two rounds is. Cody is just, he's not throwing as much volume. He's not landing as much volume. It's its really more about, not like one shot necessarily, but it's its really, he's a lot more willing to just let Cruz do the work and then, you know, he'll take his opportunities when he sees them. Yeah, and then mock him. Yes, uh, a lot of that. He, he trained heavy in the mocking. But you know what? I do think it ended up kind of paying off. In well, you can see Cruz would get. He definitely got under Cruz's skin. Yeah, Cruz was getting annoyed. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because obviously that's kind of something. He's not like a tr- like a true trash talker like in the cage like a, like a Nick Diaz, but he's you know he likes to get under people's skin. I think he mm-hmm. really enjoys it. It's probably fun. <laughs> it's never been my favorite thing, uh, but yeah. So as such, uh, as me giving this round to Cruz and you giving this round to Cruz, we have twenty to eighteen for Cruz because we're just going ten nines here. Nothing crazy. Uh, it was also the same score coming from Derek Cleary and Tony Weeks giving it 10-9 Cruz, so Weeks now has Cruz up 20-18. Derek Cleary has it tied at 19 apiece. Jeff Mullen saw this one for Garbrandt, so he also has it tied. So right now, the the overall score is that the fight is tied, but Cruz does have the edge on a Weeks card, right? Yep. Round three, a much more definitive result of this round. Yeah, the big difference in the impact coming from Garbrandt. Yes. And, and enough to push it to a 10-8 in our scoring system. I think so too. Why why would you go that way just I thought I thought way. he checks damage. Yeah. He's got big head kick, big punches. I mean, he's got that I mean, they said that cut came from a headbutt. I still don't, I still didn't find the headbutt, but it doesn't matter though because so, as it, as it's been explained to us, the if it's not stopped and declared a headbutt as a legal strike for everybody, the judges themselves essentially have to treat it as a as a legal strike, right? Yeah. So that's what I thought. That and that's all they can do. And uh, yeah, to, I mean, Cruz kept it competitive, but he just wasn't landing anything on the level that Cody was landing. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, the funny thing is, I, I want to say it's entirely possible that Cruz actually won the total strikes landed. It's in possible, this round, but I mean, nothing he's landing is remotely close enough to anything Garbrandt's. Landing. Gar- Garbrandt is is really starting to get that impact he's, behind he's it that he was not really on, yeah. having yet. Yeah, he's turning it on. Absolutely. He's he's landing with more force. Uh I think he's finding the openings uh and he's getting more confident in them. You know, he already had the swagger, but mm-hmm. now he's really putting the substance behind the style, you know. Yep. So yeah, I also had this one as a 10-8 in our system. I think there's a high um, amount of damage. It's not a, a super high amount and it's definitely not, you know, we're not talking about dominance or duration here. No, just damage. And there's no, you know, there's not any of these like near finish kind of situations that like we saw over the weekend why you know what we suspect is the reasons why Sal D'Amato and uh Chris Lee decided to give a 10-8 to Michael Chandler in the first round against uh Charles Oliveira before Oliveira of course won in round two I think it's not comparable to that I don't think it reached that level so that's why I would go a 10-8 in our system but not a 10-8 right. in the ABC system not at yeah. all that and wouldn't consider it nope but and even like even this this is probably on the fence for our system. I think it's close yeah. enough. Yeah, I guess I probably could say that, but I thought the impact, we only got to check one. 
No, of course, and but so, but you could argue that maybe it just wasn't quite there too, and I think that would be fine. Mm. So if someone even in our system said no, this is only a ten nine. I get right, it. Well, as, long, as long as that ten nines for Garbrandt, we got no issue. It's true. It's true. So. Obviously, Garbrandt won this round. Uh, no one disagreed. All the judges had it that way as well. Ten nine uh, on the evening. So at this point, now we have uh, Jeff Mullen and Derek Cleary. They see it twenty nine twenty eight for Garbrandt. Tony Weeks now has it twenty nine twenty eight for Cruz. So if it was a three round fight, Garbrandt won a split decision. But of course, we have two more rounds, mm-hmm. and round four was a big round. This is the round where I was leading up to, I said earlier, he should have finished him in this round. Yeah, okay, so why don't you, uh, let's take us back to the sequence that you're talking about. Pretty, all right, early on, he hits him, with a, and down goes Cruz, and there's Garbrandt just pointing and laughing at him. And oh, s- yeah. Instead of capitalizing, getting on top and landing bombs, probably in the turtle position, maybe front headlock position, hurt Cruz some more, you know, give Big John something to think about, maybe stepping in and ending it. I don't know that it would have happened, though. I, I'm not sure, I'm not so confident that he really did miss out on an opportunity to get the finish like he did. I mean, it's possible. We, you know, we're just, we're, we can only speculate, of course. But it it seemed like Cruz kind of recovered well enough from it to the point where I'm like, I don't know. I mean, he's a veteran. I think he could probably weather. There was two times he got knocked down. I thought he could have just pounced. The second of the two, I thought he was in much more trouble. Is that the one you mean then? I mean, did there, I was, there was two. I mean, then the, the two. I thought the second one was the second much, one. He could have passed. He does the same thing again. Points and laughs at him. Or maybe he was just toying with him and he wanted to go five rounds. I don't know. The other thing you you can you have to keep in mind here, though, is maybe he really does understand that, like, Cruz just isn't hurt to that point. I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a missed opportunity. Maybe, but, I mean, this is a kid who, he goes for the kill. He here's my, Well, here's another thing I got an issue with. Okay. He almost takes the round off after that first knockdown. He doesn't do anything after that. He's just kind of dancing around. For a little while. And then eventually he, you know... Last minute and a half or so is when he finally he gets a total of four knockdowns in the round. I think they only credit two uh, per UFC stats. That was what I believe I saw. I saw. I mean, I saw four. I, so. and they're probably grouping things together. Like I think there's probably an element of like, well, he was, he, you know, he wasn't quite back up to his feet when he was kind of down again. No, nope, that's four. All right, fine. UFC that's, stats is wrong. That's fine. I I don't know no. what their methodology is with a lot of things. That's that's why like sometimes when you look at the strike numbers, it's like. Well, how do they know everything landed or didn't land? I'm curious what they do to uh, come up with that number. I-, I would love to know. I wonder who has a tedious job of doing that. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, but yeah, I don't know that one. But uh, as far as this round score, it sounds like you're leaning to a 10-7, sir. Is that I true? have it as a 10-7. Uh, there was no third D, but there was two Ds. Yep. I thought very easily checked damage and dominance. So I went 10-7. I also went 10-7. I... Like you said, I think only two Ds, uh, so that it kind of meant that I was a little bit more on the fence with it, because I didn't think he was in such dire straits in this round, Dominic Cruz, that he was like about to be finished. I just didn't read it that way. Well, I had it as a 10-8 for most of the round, and then he just kept getting knocked down. It's funny, actually, because when I'm watching this round, through most of the round, I'm on, I'm of the belief, I'm like, is it a 10-8 or a 10-9? I don't know, because they're just not, there's so much inactivity from- yes. From Cody Garbrandt. I think mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why yep. I was on the fence of between 10-8 and 10-9. And then all of a sudden in that last minute, he gets, he, you know, he hurts him again. He hurts, uh, you know, Garbrandt hurts Cruz. And I'm like, okay, well, this is a solid 10-8. And then he continues to be, you know, putting the pressure on Cruz. And you could tell how badly hurt Cruz is. Mm-hmm. And he's not necessarily pressing it to make it worse, but you can tell much better how hurt he is. So I felt much more confident in the 10-7. But having said that, I can understand why you'd only go a 10-8 here. Yeah, that's, that's fair. 
I mean, you're talking about only two Ds, which means you yeah, can so consider, which means you also cannot. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, we leave our criteria as vague as the ABC does, so we've got the option to do or not do, don't we? Keep it vague. <sighs> I think I think we need to tighten that up. I don't know if we need to do it for our show because it doesn't matter, but gosh, I wish the ABC would think about a little more definitive language with stuff. Yeah. But it is what it is. Um, the judges in this round, the actual judges who count, uh, it was Cleary and Mullen saw this as a 10 eight, just as uh, as you and I probably would have given on that night, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I definitely would have given a 10 eight here. I, you know, being on the fence, I still would have gone there for the eight as opposed to not. Uh, so they now have the fight 39 36 for Garbrandt. Tony Weeks, uh, as we know, is usually a lot more stingy with the 10 nines, except for in the last like month and a half, he's gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Weeks gone wild. Uh, but yeah, this one is just a natural 10-9 round for Garbrand in his eyes. And look, I can kind of get it. You know, it's it, this, is, this isn't this is like the worst thing, uh, like we're saying. So the way he has it, though, is now the fight is tied 38 all. And our score, because I don't think we mentioned where we were at uh, the previous round, we now have it 38 to 35 for Garbrand, which means Cruz needs a 10-7 or a finish Yep, in our system. To get the win that doesn't count for anything. And uh, coming from Dominic Cruz, a finish is uh, pretty hard to come by. Yeah, he just doesn't do it a whole lot, does he? <laughs> Unless it was Takei Mizugaki, where he was just a, a a total spark plug in like the minute three seconds he was in the cage with him. Yeah. Like, where did this come from? And then he left it behind. Maybe he had to be somewhere. <laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe he had other plans. Maybe he's meeting up with uh, Keith Peterson. Maybe they used to be buddies. <laughs> Shout out to no-nonsense no Keith Peterson. We, you know, he did the right thing stopping that fight. Round five. What do we got here? Did did we see Cruz come on? Did he turn up the heat enough to get the round? I don't think it was Cruz's doing. I thought he fought the same fight in every round. I thought this was Garbrandt going on cruise control, thinking he already had it in the bag. Is that a pun there? Uh, no, it isn't, but it could be. Okay. Shout out to Jamie Cruz, cruise control. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it didn't work out well. Cause I thought Cruz was landing some good shots. I thought he landed better. Another close round, but uh, I'm going Cruz 10-9. Yeah, I am too. I saw this as a ten nine. Um, I re- I almost went to Garbrandt here. Actually, like I kind of flipped like in the last few seconds. I don't know. I just like considering the whole round as a whole. I was like, you know what? I think Cruz did enough. Yeah, it was close. It was very very close. Um, but again, ultimately didn't matter at all because Dominic Cruz needed way more than that to get it done. Just didn't do it. Uh, I don't know if he wasn't pressing for it or he believed he was in a better situation than he really was. Who knows? Um. As we know, he doesn't actually understand how fights are scored, so <laughs> hard to say how to strategize when you don't know what the judges are looking for. It's kind of a miracle he won so many decisions as he did. I mean, he did attack late takedowns. Yeah, I mean, that is... Rounds, so. if you If you recall, uh, the order of how judges are supposed to judge fights is first, did they land a late takedown? <laughs> and then yes or no, and, and depending on where you go with that answer is, how was their ring generalship? Yes, need ring generalship. In Late takedown and rig generalship. That is that is the Dominic Cruz way to judge a fight. <laughs> Everything else doesn't matter. It's, it's kind of garbage. Has no bearing. <laughs> uh, anyway, so our, but our final score, I should point out, is is now forty seven forty five for Garbrandt. You and I saw it the same way. We were in lockstep on this fight. Mm-hmm. Funny, it's funny how we can be in lockstep so often when we watch these fights like completely separate most of the time. Yep. And then we just come to the table and it's like, oh, you had that too. Look at that. Yep. Does that mean we know this better than anyone in the world, or Probably. are we just on the same page like you and I? Yeah, like we've we've become simpatico as as a duo. It could. I mean, we're we're probably just the best. 
It's probably that. It's yeah. almost definitely that. Mm-hmm. We're probably better than everyone on the planet. Yes. Um, <laughs> JK. Uh, the final scores, though, to to get to wrap this up here, Derek Cleary and Jeff Mullen have 10-9 crews, uh, so they still have the fight for Garbrandt, 48-46, and Tony Weeks has this one for Garbrandt, 48-47. That still gives him the win, but it's just a closer fight because he didn't do the, uh, no, the 10-8 there. Yep. The funny thing is, we're talking about four out of five rounds that everybody saw differently, and we have three out of five rounds in which Cruz won two out of three judges. Yeah. If it wasn't for that 10-8 from two out of three, then it, you know you could kind of start saying, like, well, if you really look at the 10-point must system, because you know we've seen scenarios like this before, of course. It's not the way it works, but if you want to say who won the round is based on who the majority of judges saw, technically Cruz won three out of five rounds. But that's not how it works. It it's just not, not how it works. works. But it's always, to me, I always find that fascinating because not in this fight. Again, we're talking about the 10-8 is changing the ball game here. But like in a fight where, say, Valentina Shevchenko against Amanda Nunes in their second fight, we saw this happen. There is reason for someone to say, hey, look, even the judges kind of saw it the way of Shevchenko from a certain point of view. But doesn't really work here, of course. So moving on, I think we're done. We wrap this up here. I think we've done enough uh, poking fun at Dominic Cruz's way of judging, too. Yes, we have. <laughs> I still like him. I, I just don't like when he goes on about judging. I wonder if he's going to be assigned to to uh, call the fights here with, with Rob Font and Cody Garbrandt over at uh, UFC Apex on Saturday. What do you think? Be interesting. I, I, I'm curious if he would do that because, well, I mean, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised at all because UFC does all sorts of weird stuff with their assignments of people. They got, yeah, probably, they got DC on it'll be, you know, teammates and all sorts of stuff. It's crazy. My prediction will be uh, Fitzgerald, Bisping, and Cruz. My prediction? Pain. That's good. It's good. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about Font and Garbrandt. What do, you, do you like this fight? I think it's a really cool fight. I think it's going to be pretty wild. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick. I don't even know who I'm going to pick. Wait, before you make your pick, would you like me to uh, tell you what Rob Font sees happening in this fight yeah let's hear what he has so to i say. talked to rob font earlier today and he envisions kind of more of a not like not like a slow feeling out process in the first round but he kind of you know getting familiar with each other before he kind of is able to get more aggressive and attack and uh and secure a second round finish did he say how uh no he was not specific about the the method if he said oh plot i would have it was strikes. It was strikes. Oh, yeah. No, no, right. He, he wasn't like, oh, yeah, it's going to be my left hook or something. Right, like I'm not putting my life savings on Rob Font then. Well, of course. But if he if he said I was going to win by Oma Plata, I'd feel very confident. I would be stunned if there was a fighter who at the UFC level would, would go to a uh, person of the media and go, you know how I'm going to win? Oma Plata. Be awesome. It would have to be a, like one of the jokers out there. Someone who's a little sillier. It would have to be someone that believes in their Oma Plata. You know who it would be? Who? Derek Lewis. He would most definitely say that. And I would, you know what, I would have. Don't try to steal his car, by the way. <laughs> that was a wild one, huh? Did you see that story? I saw something. Yeah, some, some guy, some some guy, guy allegedly tried to steal uh, Derek Lewis's car, caught the guy doing it, one punch knocked him out, then moved him onto the grass, and uh, then the authorities came. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and and he this? goes, he's okay. <laughs> 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 Don't steal people's cars. Yeah. And if you do... Don't steal Derek Lewis's car. It's a mean thing to do. Uh, but anyway, what do you think? What's your pick here? You got to make a pick. We're gotta gonna, we got to move on. All right. I'm going uh, I'm going against Rob Font because he didn't pick Oma Plata. So I'm going to go Cody Garbrandt by TKO in the fourth round. You know what I'm going to say? Cody Garbrandt, first round uh, uh, Oma Plata. 
All right. No, yeah, no, I'll... no, I'm not doing it. Oh. No, actually, you know what? I think I'm going to go with Rob Font. I'm going to say I'm gonna say third round TKO. Well, here's the thing with Rob Font. He, he just smashed Marlon Marais, but is that because Marais is on the way down or is it because Font's on the way up? I've been a big fan of Font for a while. He His only two losses, period, are to Aljo yeah. and Pedro Munoz. All right, two big names. And so. he's beaten some really two impressive guys. He, I mean, he beat he beat uh, Ricky Simone, who is a really yeah, tough to, guy to beat. Know, was a decision. He's got good... It's a, yeah, still, it's a win. It's a win, I get it. But Not many people beat Ricky Simone. He's a tough out. He's a tough out. That, I, I have a lot of respect for what Rob Font has done. I've actually been a big... Uh, uh, you know, a, a big uh, supporter of, of what he brings to the cage since his debut. I mean, he beat George Roop back when George Roop was considered to be, you know, one of not, not one of the top bantamweights, but he was, uh, you know, kind of in the mix of that, like, top, you know, bottom end of the top 15 in the UFC. Uh, and he caught my eye right away when he got that win uh, coming off of the, the regional scene. So he is a tough dude. I, I probably would have picked him, but I didn't. Cool story. He didn't. I mean, he didn't have faith in his shoulder locks. <laughs> So How it. do you know he ha- doesn't have faith? He just decided he wanted to go another way. Maybe he's so good, oh. he's like, you know what? I'm not going to use the jiu-jitsu. I'm going to beat him where he's best. Eh. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we can move on for that one. The judges, uh, I should point out for this one, since we're back over in Las Vegas, we probably will not be seeing Patrick Patlin, Danny D'Alejandro, uh, or Jeff Rexrode in or around the cage. It's going to be kind of our usual Vegas crew, traveling judges, uh, the ones based in Vegas, too. So I'm going to guess Junichiro Camillo, uh, Sal D'Amato, of course, who we did see in Texas. Uh, Derek Cleary. These are the guys. I'm just guessing here. I will say uh, that sounds like a good guess, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's who's been doing these shows. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a safe bet. But what about the fights uh, that we have uh, on the undercard? Anything kind of jump out at you, sir? Uh, I struggle to find one. You weren't a big fan of this card, huh? Uh, I mean, it's probably going to be great because usually the ones you know that don't aren't you know name heavy, right? Usually produce so they do. They often do. Uh, but you know, Claudio Silva, big sub guy, so that stood out. He's fighting Court McGee, super tough. Court McGee's in a must win. I mean, he, he lost three straight. Yeah, it's so. tough. I, and I like Court. I mean, he's got an amazing story. He's just an impressive uh, man who's done a lot to better his life from the fact that he was clinically dead i believe is what it was yeah. uh from his uh, from his heroin addiction uh just a, a really inspirational guy does a lot of great work but yeah i mean he's been in there a long time and you know three state losses going on four would be really tough so yes but anyway What'd you pick still i'm gonna pick silva i think i have to pick silva too um but i wouldn't rule out Cormagee. he's you know he he kind of just finds ways to win might re- rise to the occasion he he just he's always when his back seems against the wall or something like that, I feel like he's one of those guys who just finds a way to do it. I'm not, I no confidence in how. I'm going to pick him though, and I'm going to pick him by decision. You picked two people. What? You picked both. Well, I'm changing my mind. Said, I uh, talked myself uh, into uh, it, sir. Okay, fine. Changing fair, my mind. Fair enough. I'm sticking with Silva. You know what? I pick everybody. <laughs> Silva sub, actually. They're all winners. I'm going Silva sub. <laughs> I'll say Court McGee decision. I'm going to stick with this one. All right. Yeah. But what's your fight? <laughs> hey, don't forget, I completely forgot that I had picked uh, Michael Chandler to beat Charles Oliveira, That's and then right. the rest of the week, I'm like, oh, did. <laughs> I definitely picked uh, Oliveira, didn't I? <laughs> oh, bizarre. I, I, I can't pay attention to anything, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my fight, though, the one I want to see most is, uh, and I I bet you, you probably would have picked this if I hadn't already uh, taken it off the board. It was Jack Hermanson at middleweight going against Edmund Shabazi. And we were supposed to get this fight a couple weeks ago, got delayed. Uh, we finally have it now. I, I'm a big supporter for Manson's game. I like watching him in the cage. Edmund Shabazi, and obviously is an exciting young prospect. He, you know, didn't go his way the last fight against 
Derek Brunson. A prospect killer. Y- yeah, I mean, not a lot of people can get through D- Derek Brunson, so no shame <laughs> in that loss. But and, and I imagine it's something that really taught him, and, and the fact that Shabazian's young, he's still on the up-and-coming kind of situation there. But I'm going to go Hermanson, and I'm going to go Hermanson by second-round sub. I have no no hold. Ooh, Joker team? Joker. Nah, maybe. Uh, no, you know what? No. Rear naked choke. I'm going to say rear naked choke. Yeah. Naked. It's a high percentage. Yeah. yeah. You know what? The thing is, I, man, such this is a tough fight to pick. Hermanson just lost to Vertori, who's fighting for the belt. Shabazian just lost to Brunson. You know what? Don't make a pick. Just just waffle. I'm going to go with Shabazian. I think he learned a lot from his loss. I think he did too, but I, I just think Hermanson's a really tough draw here. He is. I think oh, he's so good. This, is, this was a tough draw. I'm surprised they didn't go... I don't want to say easier, but like try to step it down just a little bit more. They really throw him into the deep end of the pool. Almost seems like a Charles Oliveira in the making because they did the same thing with Oliveira. Yeah, I think his third fight was Jim Miller. It was. And he got subbed. Yeah, he, but he, he they exchanged he was, subs. He was doing well in that fight until he definitely wasn't. I think it was Toehold, right? Uh, Toehold to Nibar. Was it? Oh, was it both? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just remember he went for the Toehold at one point. He was kind of walking through how he got there and he was like, ah, Toehold. <laughs> some reason yeah. I can picture Jim saying that. I'm going to go Shabazian. Maybe. I don't know if I want to go Shabazian. So you're going to change your mind too, huh? Yeah, I don't. I mean, See? It's, it's it a, happens. I'm going to go with great fight. You're such a waffle. Get out All of right, here. Herman- Pick a winner. Hermanson Joker team. All right, fine. Which is just a head and arm choke. Way to get the fence post out of your, uh, your backside, sir. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there is that. I'm, like we said, what's that? Oh, I yeah, am, before we move on, what do you got? This next subject, I will have a definitive pick. You will? Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. So obviously, we're moving on to Bellator 259. We don't need to break down the whole card here. I, I think, as much as there are some interesting fights on there, I, I like the fact that we're going to see Brett Johns, who just moved over from the UFC over there. Mm-hmm. I like him. Uh, they buried him on the prelims for some reason. I think he's someone who could they, potentially be their champion at 135. Remember, you're like, I think they're going to start building their prelims pretty good now. And then you look at this prelims, and you're like, oh, that looks very regional. And you know what, by the way? Do you remember when I said uh, who the losses were for uh, for Rob Font? Yeah. I mixed that up entirely, sir. I'm going to correct myself. That was actually Brett Johns. Brett Johns beat Rob Font. No. Brett Johns lost to... Aljo? Aljo and um, and, and uh, Pedro Munoz. Oh, I got you. Okay. Go so, on. otherwise, he's got a really impressive resume. He just hasn't been tested as much against there. So, I mean, he left oh. on his own. He left on a two-fight win streak. He just decided to move to Bellator. He got a better offer there. I'm sure he did. And, uh, you know, he, he's an f- interesting fighter. But let's move on to the main course here. The, the main thing we want to talk about is Cyborg giving a rematch to Leslie Smith at 145 pounds in, uh, you know, they're defending her championship belt here. Leslie Smith is a tough, tough gal. Do, can she actually give Cyborg a fight? No. No, I don't think so either. It's going the same exact... i already seen this fight, and it's going to go the exact same way. Oh, it's going to go the first exact round, same way. First but... round, TKO, game over. Oh, no, I think she's tough. I think she'll find a way to make it just a little bit more interesting this time. But... Well, maybe she lands a strike? Maybe she lands a strike. Hey. Okay. Uh, don't... No, I'm not going to be backhanded like that. I, I, She's a tough girl. She can fight. But, yeah, realistically, she's just outgunned here. It's Cyborg's going to win. Cyborg, easy. TKO, first round. Cyborg via... Not murder, but like manslaughter. Either way, Leslie not, Smith is Because there's dead. no intent to kill. Well, I, no, I disagree. <laughs> All right, maybe. <laughs> and the judges, of course, because we're we're still at Mohegan Sun. Uh, you know, we've seen kind of the same officials working up there for these Bellator cards in their little bubble. 
uh, you know, we might see, you know, guys like Dave Torelli or Eric Cologne who are from Jersey crossing over uh, up into Connecticut there. Uh, maybe Doug Crosby, Dave Peabody, you know, these type of judges we might see. There. That's, that's kind of my guess. And the unofficial judge, Big John. Yes, of course. Sitting, uh, sitting cage side and doing his commentary. How do you like him on commentary? I think he's good. he gets a lot of flack on on social media. People, there's people who just like can't stand no, what he brings. I, to the I, I am not simpatico with the way social media feels about their commentators. I can't stand <laughs> PFL's commentary. I know you do, but I like Bellator's. And I, 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 love I have no the problem UFCs. with Big John. I have no problem with Big John on there. Um, really at all. Uh, I, I like that they do a little more two man booth now. Rather than the three, I know I do like. I wish it, Thompson was in there though. I don't like him in the on, at the uh, at the table. You don't like him there, huh? I like him next to Big John. I just like the two man. Yeah. All right, to each their own. Sir. Yeah. But that about does it. I, I I think we're done here. I think we covered everything we needed to. Right, we've got going into a you know to you know a little bit of a busy weekend. I'm gonna miss at least part of it because I got a wedding to go to. Scott is the best man. That's right. I'm always the best man, but, but <laughs> in this particular occasion, I am the ceremonial best man. I'm going to have a good time. Yep, I hope you do. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.